Hey, everybody, it's John, and thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks our way so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way, and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right, hey y'all, it's five o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I am Augie Carton. Are you are you among the birds right now? I, I hear I that's not me. That's somebody else. I feel like it's so nice. It's it's like a nice summer afternoon in the apiary. Well, we're doing an the... international episode where we have a guy in Italy, and since that songbirds tweet didn't sound local to me, that may be the case. And then Cassius jumped in, so if we hear a jet ski start in the next two <laughs> seconds, that could just be some North Jersey waterfowl. Could be. <laughs> Lake birds. What are lake birds up there by you, Cass? They look, uh, they're pretty big. They're like, uh, almost it's the size him. Of ostriches. It's him. I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Figured it out. Took two moves. I didn't know uh, pigeons could swim until I went to the lake. <laughs> the lake house got them swimmy pigeons. How are you guys? So, so thieves, we are recording. Let me, let me hit all the highlights before we start. Okay. We are recording with Brian Jansing and Paul Vismara are the accomplices du jour. Kennedy is busy. I don't know, somehow trading mustache wax for an armoire and we'll then jump on. Um, these guys have a business called Italy Beer Tours. So um, Brian is the guy in Italy, right, Brian? Yes, I am. Those are the Fantastic. swallows you hear sweeping around above me. <laughs> Fantastic. And then Paul is in Denver. So That's why don't we start with how a guy did Now, Paul, did you send Brian to Italy or did he happen to be there when you guys hatched this plan? Oh, oh, we had to get rid of them, so we sent them over. <laughs> yep. That's uh, how long have you been over there, Brian? How, uh, how long? I, I got here in May, May eleventh. Okay, and I'll so be here post. I know uh, my family was over there in April, huh. which was the tail end of I think Europe's most severe COVID lockdown. So you, you're yes. behind that part, right? Yeah, it feels pretty normal here right now. So. They've dropped all their mask mandates except for certain areas, hospitals, things like that. So it's uh, back to kind of the normal life right now. Right on, right on. Which part of Italy are you actually in? Uh, I normally home based in Rome, but right now I'm in Pienza, which is in Tuscany near Montepulciano. Right. Lovely. Have a steak for me. Um, uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so actually that, that, that cues up a conversation I tried to have last time we had an Italian expert on, but I got shut down for mansplaining. So give me, give me three oh. seconds here to tell you my thinking and what I'm interested in beer. So I have a near obsession with food and wine, which makes Italy so interesting. But the mm. thing I think I established in my head, true or not, 
is region by region. If the region has amazing wine, their food is kind of basic. And if the region has amazing food, their wine is kind of basic. The two things I would point out to you is, you know, the, the Bagna Cauda of the Barolo region and the Prosciutto de San Daniele of the Lambrusco region. So my question, if, if you agree with that or see what I'm saying, is there any of that regionality to beer? Has beer popped up around food or has it popped up around wine? Well, Italy is region by region. Yeah. Where Italy is very much a food culture all around region or, you know, in or out any region, but beer itself is not really regionalized. Uh, In a sense, it's one of the few things that is not regionalized, but the regionalism, the thinking that they have as regionalist people is that they use local wine barrels, they'll use local fruits. And so they sort of regionalize beer, but really beer is not regionalize itself uh, not like wine not like food is where they've had hundreds of years of isolation to cultivate that specific wine that specific food um, so it's a little bit more open okay do you feel there is it outside the idea of tipo do you feel there's an indigenous thing or are they just part of the kind of global craft we see going on these days how many citra hazies are in your neighborhood Yes, so they have the citra hazies for sure. <laughs> but today I had a beer that was with oranges. It tasted like an amato. Um, mm-hmm. So they're not they're not shy to use their local ingredients. And as a food culture, they really don't. They understand flavors and they don't. They'll they'll go for it. They'll try it. So in that sense, they're Americanized. You know, yeah. where and Brian, if I take, can interrupt real quick, definitely. you mentioned oranges, but you're talking about the bitter oranges from Calabria down south. And it, it's not like a navel orange. So the, that Amaro flavor is that bitter orange peel, um, which we had had a beer uh, several years ago when we were researching the book that was um, basically an IPA without hardly any hops whatsoever. And the bitterness was derived from bitter orange peels. It was absolutely fascinating. Right on. That's a fun game. So what is the bitter orange peel there? Is it bergamot? which is the, t- the thing that makes Earl Grey Earl Grey, or is it a different bitter orange? There's yeah. a lot of oranges here. <laughs> they, oh, yeah. They I have so could... many different varieties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got I, it. I wish I could name them. and I was a little bit more op- remembering most of them, but there's a lot of different oranges in this little, little country. Uh, but Bergamot is one type, more yeah, okay. probably more commonly known, recognized, but yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Excellent. So I think we got a good feel for this. We're going to have to. So next thing I want to know is, so you guys have had a similar percentage uptick as America, just not as grand, right? Where there were 10, there's now a thousand, whereas here there were a thousand, now there's 10,000. So percentage wise, it's in line. It's just not volume size. If there were five top craft without getting involved in that minutia, but if there are five names you think are representing Italy attention wise or, you know, expansion wise or or establishment wise, how do you think they spread around the country? Is there any regionality to them? And depending on the answer, because one was there first or because that's a favorable place to do the business? Oh, I think the, the important thing to understand is the the movement started in the north, and uh, a lot of that had to do with 
the sort of northern european influence of 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 beer was more readily available up there and that's kind of where the craft beer movement started was all in the from milan over to the west primarily um this is over 25 years ago now and so that's was sort of the genesis of it and i think that start of the movement uh, opened the eyes of other Italians to this thing called beer. And so I think a lot of those early producers like Agostino Arioli at Birificio Italiano and these Tipo pills had a lot of influence. A lot of those early breweries made their version of Tipo pills because that was their introduction to that style. And um, it's still prevalent in, you know, it's very prevalent in the North, um, the number of breweries. It is it has finally spread throughout the country down all the way to Sicily. Um, but it's primarily from Rome to the north is where you're going to find the heaviest concentration of breweries. Very cool. So, so going back to our regionality of food, we're saying that the predominance of them are up in the uh, fresh pasta, not the hard pasta part of uh, the, the uh, what's it called instead of Durham part of the world i wonder if that tracks food wise i'm always interested in these stamps on this thing so i'm going to dig i'm going to digress for a second and bring us to what brings us together on steal this beer john hall please do which is a candid conversation of beer what it is not what we hoped it'd be what it's doing not what we were told it would do and how it tastes not how hard it was to get to facilitate that we drink blind out of black glasses uh in the current version of the show we do that in beers mailed to us by senor justino my man kennedy and uh i believe paul has an aluminum foil pint i have an aluminum foil pint and hall has an aluminum foil pint. and sadly brian will be left out of this because yeah. somehow justin couldn't get it together to internationally import a single can of beer <laughs> sounds like brian's already been drinking though so <laughs> definitely <laughs> if not the birds have if not the birds have um Paul, you want to you want to kick it off? You haven't done much talking yet, which makes me suspicious and uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I know how excited you are about Italian pills. I'm trying to give you the runway. To, Do you think uh, it's an Italian pills? No, I don't. Um, okay, but there is a. Um, I don't know. This 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 has like hearty lager uh, written all over, and, and I'm not necessarily even saying like ABV. Like it it, it doesn't right. have have that to it but the, but this has uh it has that christmas has a little bit of sweetness to it um mm -hmm. on that back end a little bit of like that corn sweetness uh or rice sweetness but uh yeah more corn than rice now than I'm, I'm saying it out loud um but there's a like a robustness about this like i feel like this yeah. is like a like this is um like a like a like a i don't know like burly for i, I don't know I, I don't even know what that means but there's something that is um, like the Christmas is there, the sweetness is there, but it just, it has like a really good thick body to it. I a hundred percent get what you're saying. And I don't know why it would, because you're right. I don't, I don't get your corn, but I definitely get your sweetness. And I actually think corn is a phenolic because I find it in lagers like palm a lot that I'm not, eh. that I'm not sure are even corn beers, but probably are the, so the thing that's really jumping out to me about this is so if you're old world brewing and you have super soft water, 
you're supposed to make lagers like this. And I don't know if this thing is just so typically. Oh, maybe. You know, I don't know if this thing is just so typically lager that I'm making it soft water in my head. But the thing that keeps cut, so because there's a pretty floral bouquet to it um, on the spicier side. Your sweetness is there, but it definitely dries out quickly. But the water in the middle of all of it feels like, you know, like if I was in a shower, the soap would be, would be, it would take forever to, to get the bubbles off me because it would just blow up like I was in some 70s, you know, commercial for bubble bath. Like it just, the water feels so soft to me in the middle that I'm thinking it must be an old world, um, old world lager. Maybe one of the, you know, like, I don't, I don't think I've had a boudoir from Czech in 15 years. When's the last time I was in Czech? 20 years. But I feel like if I had that memory stitched in like I should, this is how I want to remember it tasting you know what i mean like like oh this is why you would make that beer in that area compliments the water does that make sense Augie, yeah. you'll have to come visit me in denver there's a czech hockey bar here that has food bar on tap all the time i i appreciate your intense paul but i have actual friends that brew in denver that don't see me because i go to beer salt lager house and i don't go anywhere else <laughs> we can't I, blame you for that I, like i, I have close personal friends i go to meet and somehow the fucking lift takes us to beer stop and <laughs> drops us there. And John and I have done it three times. We've left beer stop to go to another brewery and ended up upstairs at beer stop. <laughs> so, yeah. That's usually right about now on Fridays is when I start thinking about getting on my bike and going down to beer yeah. stop. It's yeah, it's a, it's a death trap. It's a suicide wrap. You, can't, you <laughs> cannot get out of beer stat, no matter what you do. Uh, oh, I, I stood up to walk around and talk. So, so we didn't get. So, Paul, you have this beer. It's now your turn to say what you're getting. Tell us we're morons and you think it's a coconut stout, or tell us no, you see what we're talking about. No, as soon as I uh, I started pouring it and I heard John speaking, I, my, my thoughts were exactly the same. That I it smelled like lager right away. You know. Uh, light, easy drinking, and I, I then I smelled uh, a a sweet aroma, and I keep smelling that. And when you mentioned that corn is a phenolic, that that made some sense because I wasn't really tasting it so much on the palate. Um, it's it's definitely you know feels like the lawnmower crusher, four and a half percent kind of a, a lager. Um, and actually I live in an old house and the air conditioning struggles to get back into my studio where I am. And it's about 95 out today and it's probably 90 in my studio. So this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna mention, it's always bad because so many people don't listen to these, like this show probably won't even come out for another 10 days. So it's yeah. possible it comes out and it's 40 degrees wherever anybody's listened to it. But this is a pretty kind of, low 70s early summer day here on the beaches of jersey and this is definitely a beer for for i think i think pre-gaming the beach you know what i mean like all right boys we're going to the beach everybody have one of these and jump in the car mm -hmm. um 
Absolutely. All right. So I think I think we reveal it. Um, Hall, do you want me to unwrap or do you want to unwrap since you're uh, for the I can, day? I can unwrap. Uh, oh shit. Cass, do you have beers? Cass? That's Jason is, Lake Pigeons. Put down it's the box, negative. Put down the okay. It's a big negative. He it's says. A big negative. Good job, Justin. Uh, <laughs> drinking him right now, wherever he is. Um, All right, I've opened it. Do you want to say it? I don't I, think I, I can. Don't, I don't know if I can say this. It's, All right, it says Castellian. Castellian. Yeah, K-A-S. I'm putting an I Castellan. Unpasteurized. I wonder if that's your mouthfeel. Barley malt. What? Where? What country is this from? I don't know. I can't read anything on it. And the parts I'm trying oh, to proudly read made like... in Poland. It's a Polish. Okay. It's a Polish it's... lager. All right. I don't know <laughs> where the cool. water is in Poland, but I'm imagining it's a soft water town. <laughs> I just thought it was vodka. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you read any more words? Is this an really RTD weird thing where they've written the words in light green on dark green, which is never going to work for my. We are eyes. proud of the Castellan. Is that how we're saying it? Castellan. Uh, whose recipes were created in the Serpic Brewery from the very beginning. Uh, Serpic <gasps> is a place with centuries of brewing traditions from where we still draw inspiration today when brewing our beers. What's the ABV? 4.6. No, well, you nailed that. Good, good job there, Paul. Well done. Um, yeah, so the richness had me thinking it might be five, and the flavor had me thinking it might be four, so... I'm a, I deferred to Paul there, and he nailed it. Well done, sir. Thank you. Um, good. Yeah, tasty beer. I'm imagining this is from the bodega. You got to imagine. I mean, you know, you know what I wish. I wish this wasn't like, like some savvy curator at a craft place in hipster Brooklyn grabbed this to be in the know. I wish this was like <laughs> 1990s Lower East Side bodega. They had one Polish beer for the Polish part of the community, and I was the guy who figured out it was the good lager <laughs> in the fridge. You know, yeah. all my friends like that's what I want this beer to be. I want to I want to be walking in, and my friends are grabbing Dosakis and pretending they're cool, and another guy's like, "No, I only, drink, I only drink Bud. Fuck you guys!" And I'm like, "Y'all are idiots." This Castle Cas what is it Castellan? Yeah. This Castellan shit is bomb. Like that, I want to be that. You want guy. to be that guy. Yeah, I want to be the guy who was there before they put out the album. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I feel like Justin has that credibility that maybe he's trying to be the Brooklyn trendsetter these days. Maybe he drives around uh, on, his, on, his, on his bike where this just hangs on uh, hangs on the side of his arm as he's driving around. It's like a one hand. He's got him on like a, I imagine he's got like a Chewbacca bandolier strap full of cans <laughs> when he drives around. Brooklyn. I noticed uh, that there's a date of uh, August 27th, 22 on the bottom of the can. I'm guessing that's the uh, sell by date. Or- yeah, Best Buy. Yeah. No, no. Best- Poland has definitely figured out time travel. So <laughs> that might that might be when they made it. This is the beer of the future. We're all going to be <laughs> drinking unfiltered. I, 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 hate, I don't want to blow up a small lager that I'm sure one four pack was imported to Brooklyn. But um, but I'm okay with this being the beer of the future. This is a, a tidy little but flavorful lager, right? This isn't a crispy boy lager. This is a fucking drinking lager. <laughs> the older I get, the more I want something like this. Yeah, right on. So let's go back to that. So obviously, this is 
a little flabbier. I know that sounds mean, but that's what it is. A little flabbier, but not necessarily less aromatic than Tipo. Um, when you when you find these variations around Italy, let's go back to touring. And then I swear I'm going to get to where you guys met because Falling Rock is one of John's favorite topics, and that's John's turn to talk. So maybe I'm maybe I'm just torturing him. No, but uh, <laughs> but let's get to it. So if we took one of your tours around Italy, and let's just say for some reason because it's me and John, you were giving us a Tipo and you know Tipo derivative beers tour. How far do they stray from that stony? aromatic profile into this area of pilsner making i would i would say that they're they have their own personality just like uh all the the basically every other uh ripoff or you know you know homage to tipo pills that i've had doesn't really taste like tipo pills but you can tell where the inspiration came from and i i kind of like that Tipo is individual enough with such a simple concept and a and what I would call a, a sort of simple style. And I mean, I'd mean that with, with great reverence. Um, and I I think that when you go around, like the the Magut is from Birificio Lambrate in Milan. That's just a 35, 40 minute drive from uh, where Tipo Pills is made. And that has that crispness that one tastes fairly similar to tipo pills but at the same time it has its own characteristics and um i found the the u.s versions to be more distinctive and you know i i know that it hasn't been the easiest thing it's certainly in the western half of the the country here um to get fresh tipo pills and so i wonder how many people have actually had the real thing in proper top condition well i'd also like to add to that there's other lagers and helices and uh different types of beers that are being made around here like alvo makes an incredible pilsner just because their water is fantastic and so on that note of water, where Ro- Italy is very well known for its water, Rome has fountains all over the city that come from different aqueducts. And the city water Rome, from Rome gets is from aqueducts. Um, and towns are very familiar with water as well. So th- they're very good at getting their lagers into that crisper, using their water again to, to build that, that flavor. So, you know, you could find some of these softer uh, helices in one area and crisper pilsner in another area as well as of course the tipo pill styles that are everywhere is you know and a lot of brewers mimic it because they love it um, yeah well tipo is is tipo is one of them um (laughs) awesome that makes sense so this sounds like i'm setting you a trap but i'm not i'm not trying to make you piss off 10 of your clients for one but if if john and i were over there right now about to jump in cars with you guys, what brewery would you take us to Ooh. in Rome? Like if we, if, Rome? we only, if, if it was us and we're like, look, we're going to come do the show, pick a brewery you yeah. think will be cool on the show, knowing that oh. we've already had Agostino on. Um, you know, I mean, who would you be like, this guy's doing interesting shit, even though I know your whole business is there's a lot of people doing interesting shit sure. over here. Uh, Rebels does great stuff. I would definitely take you to Rebels. Yeah, what do um, they do? They do a little bit of everything. Um, 
they will they'll go into more of the hoppier beers because the Romans are very pretty happy with hops. So you find a lot of different IPAs, double IPAs, session IPAs. Uh, Vintaforte does a lot of those as well. Um, but again, you'll find you'll find that kind of that Pilsner or Hellas of theirs that they they kind of fudge a little bit with the hops just to give it a little kick and you know they'll call it their version of it. And there's a jungle juice and they, they're doing a lot of the juicy, hazy kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But I would agree with Brian rebels is, is really good. And they're, you know, I think it, when it comes to Italian breweries, there's still the, you know, are, do they make really good beer and the, the technical aspects and the quality level has really improved over the last 10 years. And you know, a brewery like Rebels, you know, you can get anything from them and it's going to be good. They're yeah. one of those kind of breweries. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So I like that. We, uh, we need more of those breweries in the world and even more here <laughs> oh, in New for Jersey. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the problems uh, initially were there were no homebrewing books in Italian. And so if you couldn't read English or some other language, German or whatever, then the the technical skill was a little harder for them to come by that obviously has changed but um for a long time it was uh you know trial and error and maybe attending conferences and things like that to really improve the quality and then kind of spread that knowledge yeah um it's funny though because i i've been in italy oh half a dozen times and my wife speaks Italian, so it's very helpful. But the truth is, I've always gotten away with murder with English and a couple phrases. So I imagine <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I imagine they'd all be able to read an English book. I'm sure that's a fucking dumb American conceit, and I'm I'm being foolish. But <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like every single person I've ever needed to talk to. Uh, right. Actually, the funniest is when we try to speak Italian, we fuck things up. So we were, one day we were eating at dinner. We're talking to a waiter. And again, my wife speaks perfect Italian. And we're, we're trying to figure out what the herb is in a dish we're eating. And we think it's rosemary. And we're saying we think it's rosemary, but we want to make sure because it's super cool. And my wife is describing in Italian that it's like the branch of a pine tree and they're all understanding all this, but they have no idea what we're talking about when we say rosemary. And finally they bring over another waiter who says that the word in Italian is rosmarino. Yeah. And <laughs> it's a tough leap to make. And we were like, are you fucking kidding me? We must've said rosemary 2000 times and described rosemary to you. And the first guy's like, oh, no, no, it's like, so the speaking of Italian was hurting us. We could have just said, what's this? Had him go ask the other guy. If he said my English isn't so good and he asked the other guy, the other guy would have been like, oh, it's Rosemary. But it took us 20 fucking rounds of Italian to get to Rosemarino means Rosemary. Anyway, I digress. So why don't you guys talk about John Hall's all-time favorite bar that isn't the Blind Tiger? Oh, I miss it. The Falling Rock in Denver, Colorado. Ah, uh, the Falling Rock, my <laughs> home. Has Denver uh, been the know, same since? Not for me, <laughs> for sure. Since it closed, John's been practicing his impersonation of a falling rock, and depending on what <laughs> state he's in, he's nailing it. Um, <laughs> worst. I had uh, beers with uh, Chris Black at at Beer Stop Lagerhouse last weekend. Heard of it? 
And yeah, you, you should go there if next time you're in town. It, it was the uh, one day of the year where they pour the slow pour pills in liters. So I had to go there for that. Oh my God, there's a, there's a very good reason that Bill and Ashley did not tell us about that day. Yes. <laughs> we ordered slow pour pills seven at a time and we'd do the same if it was liters. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh yeah, pro, for pro sure. tip there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I love that. Beer. Well, you know, not just the Falling Rock, but you know, more tap houses are going to start closing. They sort of become the middleman, and you know, how many, how how long will it be before we start thinking, man, wish we had more of those tap houses available? <laughs> you know, uh, the Falling Rock was a treasure. It was, it was a great place to just stop and say, I want to try beer. What kind of beers do you have in Colorado? Or and you could just sit down and try several and know, oh, wow, I can go here, I can go here, and I can go here and find this kind of beer. And, uh, you know, that's kind of disappearing. And now, I wonder how much. Of, how many... Each of you played a role in Falling Rock, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah we what both were, worked were you there. Both... Brian worked there longer than I did. Were you both yeah. tenders? Yeah, my wife opened with the Falling Rock. She was one. She was the very first employee there. Wow. And okay. and then I I was I was coming back to Italy and traveling and then I came about a year later and that May was baseball and they needed help and I just jumped in and worked ever since and then uh, I wanted bar shifts so I knocked my wife out and took her shift. <laughs> <Smart>. <laughs> savvy move, savvy move. I'm glad she was your wife at that point. I've heard that same story without the matrimony a couple thousand times. Um, uh, yeah, CJ's amazing. She was one of those early the beer goddess T-shirts like stone mage is one of the very first to wear those and and then paul was always there as a sitting right there at the bar with us (laughs) so so being an observer from afar i have some thoughts but i wonder each of you so is there a thing you wish they'd done while you were there after you left that you think might have changed their their forecast or is it really as has been publicized just too much competition from local small brewery tasting rooms? Uh, I, I think that, you know, we, Brian and I know the behind the scenes story and I think it's just best to leave it at that. That's, I don't okay. think that's, that's, I don't think that's uh, our place to discuss that. Okay. Um, and I think anybody that works in, in any bar on the planet, there's things they, they think, you, oh, the owner should do things this way. They should do things that way. And I mean, I'm, I'm always thinking of how to make things more efficient, make things better in every aspect of my life. So that, that would be, you know, Brian and I have those conversations before and, but, um, you know, I, what I, my thought was, you know, and I told this to, to, to Chris was that they, they built a true public house. It was a place where you would go and meet the the that that public and every time i walked in the door i i left in 2016 i was i started in two, 2003 mm-hmm. i left in 2016 and when i would return i'd see half a dozen people at a minimum that i knew every time and i it was just like the most wonderful place to go and just see old friends and catch up and you know, put a smile on your face, have some great beer, and just in such a warm environment that was focused on conversations, good beer, and laughs. And 
that's a, a thing to be treasured. And as Brian said, you know, we got to treasure these places. Yeah. But that style of drinking has kind of, you know what I mean? Like, like it's hard to find those rooms since mm-hmm. 2010. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, yeah, and, absolutely. Well, like, I will, I, I'll say, I'll say this that since the Falling Rock is closed, um, my favorite pub on the planet is Beautificio Lambrate in Milan. And Brian's heard me say this before. It, mm-hmm. it feels like an American pub in terms of its, like, it's, it's a tiny place, maybe the size of a couple of bedrooms. And, you know, the, the same people have been behind the bar forever. And, you know, we walk in the door and we're greeted like, you know, long lost family. And it, I, I was there in September and I spent two nights there and I sat at the corner of the bar and just watched. And there, there was so much joy. There was so much laughter. Everybody that walked through the door, they, you know, slapped high five with the bartender and everyone was so happy to see each other, each other. And it just reminded me uh, of the falling rock. It's an Italian version of it, but it, but that's one of those places that is, is a real treasure. Cool. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to take a weird opportunity here to do one of those things we should do every week, but I don't think we've done in seven years. Talk about beer too. No, hey, (laughs) hey, thieves, what's your, what's your, we've got thieves from all over the world and all over the country and all over Monmouth County. What's your current falling rock? Who's still holding on? And what do you think of the place? And when should John and I go there to drink? Email um, us, steal this beer podcast us, at steal this beer podcast at gmail.com. Um, all right. So beer two. I fucking love beer two. Oh yeah. Mm. I'm confused by it though. Are you? It's got this I'm really confused by it because I want it to be, I want it to be Sierra Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know that I don't know that the gold can top isn't influencing me because it's, it's it tastes like a pretty sea hop, but not cascade. It, it tastes I get it's this, got some yeah. linear definition like I like, but it's still got a little bit of sweetness and there's fruitiness, but it still smells like weed. Yeah, the, the, the hop, confusing but, but here's the thing. The hop aroma for me is so intense and juicy fruit and you know there's Ooh, like i some, love juicy fruit some stone right. fruits in there and you know there, there is a little bit of ball. that that dankness and and everything else like I even got like some t- candy tangerine like there's a lot of fun stuff going ooh, on there ooh. and then it almost completely disappears on the palate like as soon as i take a sip like it's almost gone yeah. it's and then i get this really nice beer. toasty uh like toasted white bread grainy finish and with just a little bit of residual bitterness, but it's huge on aroma. And then it's got this kind of lagerish body. So like I'm in conflict with it because it's like, what, what is this? Hmm. You know, but it, ultimately I enjoy the hell out of it. But Paul, what about you? It's funny. I, I just poured, I just poured it and immediately got that dank weed aroma but you were as you were talking you said uh, candied tangerine i'm like oh yeah that's exactly right but it kept evolving and i just had a sip and it it tastes like a, a like a session ipa like like a, it I, it doesn't it doesn't feel it i mean it's fairly dry let me take another sip mm. i just love it i 
I again on a on a in my warm studio. This is tasting perfect. <laughs> yeah. I I think this if having heard your description of your studio, I'd love it. So I love that it's it's and John, this isn't me trying to boat up boat, but it's got that boat size and feel to it. There's that that peroxide finish I like, that super, you know, bubbly washout finish. It's just the hops are not it's not a hop I'm familiar with, but it's a type of hop I know. You know what I mean? If you told me this was, you know, if you told me this was Nugget, I'd be like, okay, I know Nugget. You know what I mean? If you told me it was Nugget plus Idaho 7, I'd be like, ah, oh, there's that orange thing. But I yeah. love your Juicy Fruit note. So the funny part is we say Juicy Fruit often. I literally did it on one of my lives on Wednesday with an East Kent Golding 3.5% pub ale where I was drinking it. And trying to nail this kind of fruits, but whitish, if you will. And I was like, it's like a you know, half chewed piece of juicy fruit. I think I said live. And and yeah, there's no way this is an East Kent Golding beer, but <laughs> well, but I feel like we say juicy fruit enough that if we'd learn which hop is juicy fruit, I know we could probably, yeah, we gotta put like, some we'd be like, oh, it's blah blah blah. <laughs> it's is it dang, one of those it's like... uh, it's it's Wrigley hop. That's yeah, but the, the, the dankness <laughs> makes me think it has to be a sea hop, um, but not citric. But is it one of those like new uh, modern varieties, single hop kind of a deal? Oh, no. Well, I don't know. It could be a blend like the, the, the things John listed. I can assign to seven different hops. And we recently had a great little beer from Sierra called Powder Season. Oh, yeah. Which, which right. wasn't wasn't didn't necessarily taste like this but tasted like this tastes and there were seven hops in that one you know what i mean so mm. so if you if you said no it's 12% centennial 12% cascade 12% citra 12% i don't know amarillo i'd be like oh yeah that makes sense right think of the list john just gave you each one of those has a hop it tastes like right like oh for sure the the tangerine is eldorado you know what i mean so I'm imagining it's going to be some or there's just or it's just centennial with enough sugar in the malt bill to make it smell sweet. You know what I mean? Not, I don't mean sugar, sugar. I mean, <laughs> sweet enough malts. Right. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. All right. I would fucking crush this all day. I think you're um, about to. <laughs> I think I have. I think, oh, I think Paul is. is. He's in his hot room. <laughs> somebody opened it. I just heard somebody say, oh, okay. Yeah, Who that was me. In, Hold on. I'll reach in. And again, I don't think the ABV is very high on this one. And yeah, no, I think you're right because no, I just it's opened not. it. And it's Lawson. It's 4.8. 4. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Shawnee Lawson, you fucking ninja. Um, <laughs> so is this it, is super session number three. Is it Comet. only Comet? Yes. Is it only Comet? You're right. See how he does. Um, yeah, but I didn't guess Comet. I was somewhere in the... I knew it wasn't Chinook because the theals were low. Copious I, editions of Comet late in the kettle and dry hopping. He doesn't really say much about it, but it's uh, that it's a session IPA that's quaffable and uh, yeah. Well, 4.8. 4.8. Nice job. Tasty nice job. Jersey's own Sean Lawson. Jersey, Jersey's own, you know. Greater, greater Carton Brewing area zone, Shawnee Lawson. 
Um, fucking tasty beer though. Jesus, he's gonna get me in trouble. I I loved that Pilsner and managed to stop about a quarter of the way in because we've got two episodes to do and it's an early, you know early on a Friday with kids. I think I think I'm three quarters of the way through this beer. Anyway, it's time to tie things up. Damn it, forty minutes flies by. Um, yeah. what haven't I said that I should have said, John? What's what's the important? I got you know how I get bogged down in Italy and food, and then happy to talk about good bars anytime so what have i missed that i shouldn't have missed i don't know you're putting me on the spot with these with these tough questions <laughs> i don't know paul what what in your mind do you want the people to know brian what do you want people to know well we uh brian and i did an update to our book uh which is called italy beer country uh we we published our our first edition in 2014 we published our uh, second edition, basically at the turn of the year. And um, we nailed a lot of things uh, in the first edition, but we realized there was a couple of voices that were missing and there was a couple more stories that were worth telling. So we added about 50 pages. I did a whole bunch of illustrations of the uh, of various brewers and added more photos and whatnot. And uh, so we did that and, you know, we're, Brian's over there running tours. We do walking tours of Rome. Um, Brian is your guide and he's a hell of a lot of fun to spend time with. Um, those are like three hour tours. And then if you're looking for something that's a little more in depth, we have uh, six day, six night tours that will, we have two main ones. One uh, it covers the North, kind of the pioneer breweries, um, Baladen, Bierificio Italiano, et cetera, are, are on that one. And then we have another tour that's centered around the Villaggio della Vera uh, beer festival in Tuscany, leaves out of Rome, comes back to Rome, goes up to Tuscany, over to the Adriatic coast. You, you visit six different regions. The food is amazing. Like, you know, we, uh, you were talking about the food and um, we've brought a lot of people on our tours that have traveled to Italy quite a bit, and they're just blown away by the food, let alone the beer and the breweries we visit. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of the breweries on our, our uh, list that we, we visit are not open to the public, but they open up for us. And, and actually, over the last couple of years, some of them have won Best Brewery in Italy, um, which is a heck of a lot of fun. Oh, nice. So, Brian, if I'm over there with you and we're in Rome, and where are we getting the best Carciofi Judea, and what beer are we ah. drinking with it? Oh, well, you would definitely go to the ghetto, which is right in the Trastevere <laughs> area, and I would definitely go, I would probably grab a, uh, you know, a Rebels uh, Session IPA would be fantastic with a greasy... You gotta go to Make. <laughs> yeah, my, from Make, you grab one of those, and I think and, that would be a fantastic uh, combination of beer and food. All right. <laughs> well, that's uh, w- I will try to make that happen then. Um, well, if guys, you guys you, ever make what it we way. didn't say about your tours is if the thieves want to take one, what's the wh- where are they going media wise? Italybeertours.com. <laughs> Can't believe that was that's, available. I know that's uh, <laughs> well done, <laughs> boys. Pretty good SEO right there. You can you can go to Adam. Rome beer. RomeBeerTours.com as well. That's ours as well. All right. Nice. All right. Well, those are easy to remember. All right, Cass. Oh, wait. Yo. Do we have a letter? Do we have a letter? Well, no. It's, do it's, we? We have something, but I, I feel like we <laughs> should what, save it. Okay. Don't know. Read it. 
People, it's not really even a letter. Must be red. What is All right. It? <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy, <laughs> somebody, my man. Came, somebody came to Cass's lawn and wrote out some words in gasoline. And yeah, they, <laughs> they saw me. They saw me. Man. <laughs> yeah, they saw me on the deck here without my shirt drinking a beer. And they said, hey, are you on the steal this beer right now? I said, yeah, I am. <laughs> Here's uh, a note. Kennedy, my man, courtesy of Young Lion Brewing. Uh, what is the backstory behind John Hall on David Letterman reference from the most recent catch-up episode? Your friend and beer, Brendan. So that's a great question. That's a fantastic question. Yeah. Go ahead, Hall. Tell him about when you were famous before I made you famous. Sep- September 2nd, <laughs> 1997. I was a, uh, a young kid sitting in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater. And uh, I, I, I made David Letterman chuckle a little bit. And he thought that uh, that uh, I, I deserved a spot on the show. So I got called out of the audience and I was brought up on stage uh, to read the top 10 list. And if you guys, amazing. Yeah. If you've never watched this YouTube clip and you listen to oh. the show, that's probably my fault. And John being humble, but it's fucking <laughs> awesome. Like we it should put it up on our on our social media. Yeah. I'll, I'll dig oh, it up somewhere. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I, so I don't think I actually watched it Hall till you a know, couple of years hanging ago. out yeah. for five years. But it's. I mean, guys, it's all, all my funny cynicism and bullshit aside. It's fucking wonderful. It's it's a That's great me. video. And I, I strongly and it was it was totally it, yeah. it was totally unplanned. And I'd like to think that I was actually pretty cool. Uh, and it's pre it. it's, it's, yeah, it's long time. It's long time. It's long time. John Hall. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, it's John, 1997 it... John Hall. So there's the, the, the hair is parted down the middle. <laughs> um you know, I still got the the shit eating grin and uh, oh, the guest that you. night. Oh, I have to I have you. to say his lead guest that night was Steven Seagal. Um, and I'm pretty sure like he just wasn't feeling it. So, you know, he wanted somebody else. But Beck was the musical guest. But perhaps the wow. coolest thing. Did you was, and Beck get crazy with the cheese was uh, we did. <laughs> picture is on the Internet, too. If you. Yeah. Um, John but David Leverett, it is great. The, the the is there a picture uh the coolest thing yeah perhaps, it looks though, like something like you don't google it every night before you go to bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> that web traffic is to the roof but what i'm trying to say is probably the the the, the coolest thing was Paul Schaefer was not there. He was off filming the Blues Brothers 2000 movie that everyone wow. has forgotten about. Ooh. So sitting in with the CBS Orchestra Does, as wait, the band Wait, allow leader, me to interrupt for a second. Doesn't that movie have Macaulay Culkin involved somehow? I have no idea. Moving I've on. never seen it. Nobody has. Um, but sitting in for Paul Schaefer was Warren Zevon. <gasps> no. So Did he play Lawyers, I, Guns, and Money? So I got played wow. off of the stage at the Ed Sullivan Theater to Lawyers, Guns, and Money. <gasps> no! Sorry, John, Hall. John Hall, you're my new hero. I'm, going to be, I'm sending you letters every day. I'm like, hey, how Dude. are you today? So thank you for the greatest letter that we've ever read on yeah, the show. That was the best and, letter ever. Yeah. And it didn't even bring up nice. boat or wine. Yeah, we, <laughs> weird. <laughs> but we got back there somehow. Somehow I tied it all together. Oh, that's yeah. So if you got every so seriously, Cass, throw that up on on Facebook without saying why. Just put the link on our Facebook. And then when this episode, I just comes put up, out, a, I just put up the picture like, and I oh. said, stay tuned. Nice. Good work. Well done. Well done. Sir. Social media in real time. Nailed it. it. All right. Now's the part where Cass does his best Heathers and tells y'all how to send us the ducats. 
Yes, patreon.com slash steal this beer. Thank you, all you patroons out there. They're not patroons. They're thieves. They send us patroons. Thieves. (laughs) Gotcha. Hey, I haven't been on the show in like four weeks. Cut me some slack. I know. know. Uh, Yeah, steal this beer podcast at gmail.com if you want to uh, find out whatever celebrity appearances uh, Hulk may have had in the 90s. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Follow us on all social media, Facebook, Twitter. See what we're drinking on Untapped. Everything's at Steal This Beer. All right, y'all. Thank you very much. Thanks for visiting, guys. And hey, get at us. Thank you. Thank you.